Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in each of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our salvation. Amen. Ann Nellinger, who led our time with the children this morning, began her message by saying, today we're going to hear a story about Moses. And that is true. It's a story from Exodus where we learn the genesis, the origins of Moses when he was just a baby. And I'm guessing that most of us here today have never read the entire book of Exodus, maybe a few. But I bet even if those who have never even gone to church or professed to be a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim, I bet even many in the world know the name Moses and phrases like the burning bush and that scene in the river where Moses is in this watertight basket and is rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. And we may know something about Moses' older brother Aaron. We recall the story of the burning bush where Moses first got his call from God directly through the flames of this bush where God called him to say, you are going to lead my people, the Israelites, the Hebrew nation, out of slavery, out of the bondage of Egyptian oppression. And Moses objects fiercely. He said, God, I can't speak. How can I serve in this role as leader and prophet? And God assures Moses, saying, don't worry, worry, your brother Aaron will speak for you. That's his gift. But I'm guessing that most of us here know very little about the older sister of Moses and Aaron, named Miriam. Little is written about her in our scriptures compared to her brothers. There are no blockbuster movies bearing her name or telling her story. But to not know her role in the story of what we would call our salvation history, which Christians understand the whole scriptures to be our salvation history, and to not know the role of Miriam is to not know the impact she has had on the faith of disciples since Christ and before. So I'd like to delve deeper into her story together today in our Hebrew scriptures, and we will hear from Jewish and Christian scholars and historians about Miriam's vital role as our faith ancestor for the freedom of her people Israel and our freedom today as the people of God. So today's sermon will be in part teaching some history. I don't want you to go away in your minds. That's not everyone's favorite topic, I'm sure. But as always with the Word of God, we're invited to open our hearts and minds because the Word of God in Scripture, we believe, is a living Word. The Spirit is still active and can and will speak through it to us. So may God speak to us in new ways today. I want to begin by going ahead, fast-forwarding to another prophet in the Bible, the prophet Micah. There is a book called Micah in the Old Testament. And he lifts up what is true about humanity, that we are forgetful people. We are a forgetful species. In the, in the book of Micah, chapter 6, God is speaking through Micah to now the descendants of the Israelites at the time of Miriam and Moses and Aaron. 
And so they are descendants of those people who were liberated from the awful tyranny of bondage under the pharaohs of Egypt who oppressed them as immigrant people, enslaved them, and forced them into laboring for them, all because the pharaohs were terrified that these people would one day outnumber them and maybe overtake them. And hence we have the story we had today from Exodus where the pharaoh decreed that all babies from the Hebrews should be killed. So now we're fast-forwarding to Micah, where these descendants of Miriam, living freely, have forgotten who God is for them. And God says, Oh, my people, what did I ever do to you? How have I wearied you or done you wrong? For I rescued you from the land of Egypt. I redeemed you from slavery. I set you free. And now listen... God continues, I sent Moses, Aaron, and Miriam out before you. So we here we have the prophet Micah speaking God's words. As these people have forgotten how God continues to set them free, they only need to follow God's commandments, loving God, loving neighbor, loving self. But they forgot, and they went their own way. And it's never good when we forget God. So Micah proclaims that it's not only Moses who was a leader of the Exodus, but his brother Aaron, his sister Miriam. Here we have a sibling team of prophets, co-leaders of the Exodus from bondage to freedom. Somewhere in our history, the Christian tradition lost the importance of the prophet Miriam among many other women in the scriptures that are, are routinely not lifted up for their prominent role of leadership as being prophets and called by God in very important, vital ways. Our Jewish brothers and sisters never have forgotten the importance of Miriam. So we can learn a lot from both Jewish and Christian scholars, which we'll do today. The Reverend Dr. Wilda Gaffney, a professor of Hebrew Bible and an Episcopal priest, Shares and writes a lot. She's a, a, a scholar of Jewish rabbinical literature and the Jewish scriptures. So she will shed some light on Miriam as just one of God's chosen women leaders. In our reading today from Exodus, Miriam is the unnamed sister of Moses. And we're told she stands on the shore of the River Nile watching to see what would happen to her baby brother Moses as their mother tries desperately to save this baby from death at the hands of the Egyptians. It is believed that at this point Miriam may be 10 years old and that her brother Aaron is about 3 years old and Moses a baby. Miriam is only one of two girls in the scripture whose activity as a child is reported to us. The other is an unnamed slave girl in the book of 2 Kings. Miriam is the first woman in the Bible identified as a prophet, as we just heard in the prophet Micah. She is named in more biblical books than any other woman. And this includes the much more commonly known women, Eve, 
the first woman, our first mother, Sarah, the wife of Abraham, and Rebecca, the wife of Isaac, who was the son of Abraham and Sarah. Miriam appears in the book of Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Chronicles, and Micah. Miriam is unnamed when she first appears, and this may not be unusual at that time. The original audience may have been so familiar with her and her family that they understood who Moses' sister was. So it's, it's not an uncommon thing. Miriam's growing into womanhood is missing from the scriptures. She's a child when we meet her today, and then next when we meet her, she's an elderly woman. In Exodus 7, at the time that Moses and Aaron first say yes to being in service to God to lead the people into freedom, Moses is probably 80 years old, making Aaron 83 years old. So we can imagine that Miriam is perhaps close to 90 when the actual liberation, active liberation of Israel began. The whole book of Exodus only knows two prophets, as Dr. Wilma Gaffney points out. Aaron, whom God calls Moses' prophet, for he will speak for Moses to the people, and Miriam. Aaron does not hear directly from God like Moses does. Miriam is in many regards, then, the only prophet acknowledged in Exodus. Moses is not deemed a prophet until later on in the book of Numbers and Deuteronomy. In the literature of the Jewish rabbis, Miriam begins her prophesying as a child. And Dr. Gaffney suggests that she was active in her prophetic role when her brother Moses went into hiding. And I'll lift up this somewhat scandalous story about Moses. He was an adult at this time, still living in the palace, the Egyptian royal palace. And he's walking about one day and he witnesses an Egyptian abusing, physically abusing a Hebrew and out of compassion and passion, he ends up murdering this Egyptian abuser. And having learned that there were eyewitnesses to his crime, he flees out of fear for his life. And he goes to the land of Midian. And while he's there in hiding, he begins to build a life for himself. He has no intention of returning to his people and no inkling yet that God would call him while in Midian from the burning bush to go back to Egypt to help set his people free. So he's there going about his life. And Dr. Gaffney invites us to imagine, and I invite you to imagine with me, that while Moses is in hiding, it's his older sister Miriam, who at the young age of 10, helps set our salvation history into motion in a new way there at the river, realizing that her baby brother had been discovered by the pharaoh's daughter, quickly said to the princess, would you like me to find a Hebrew woman who could nurse this baby for you? And the princess says yes. And that's when Miriam went to get her own mother, the mother of Moses, to nurse her own child. So bold at 10, 
we can imagine Miriam, now an adult, fearing the Lord, and by that we mean honoring and trusting God with her whole heart. She serves as a prophet to the people, as their primary pastor, perhaps, while Moses was in hiding. In her teaching, we can imagine, in her preaching, she reminds the Hebrew people that God was real, that God did hear their prayers, and that no matter how many generations it might take, God's seed saw their suffering and would set them free. And God does deliver, and Miriam will be there every step. Through all that took place in Egypt before Pharaoh finally agreed to let the Israelites go, if you know the story, God sent ten plagues that plagued the Egyptians with death and pestilence. Finally, Moses was fed, or Pharaoh was fed up and said, Moses, fine, take your people and get out. So Moses, Aaron, and Miriam lead their people out. But eventually the Egyptians got their wits about them and realized that their whole forced slave labor just left their country. And now who's going to do all the work? So they go in hot pursuit of the Israelites. And now they're approaching the Red Sea. And we remember that story, how God allowed the waters of the sea to be parted and Moses, Aaron, and Miriam lead the Hebrews through the sea on dry ground. And once they are safe... They watch the waters envelop and destroy their oppressors, both horse and rider of the Egyptians. And then in Exodus 15, we come to a, quite a famous song of Moses and Miriam, giving all the glory to God for their safety, their deliverance, the victory. And now we know Mo, Miriam is not just prophet, but poet. And this is what Exodus 15 says. Then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women went out after her with tambourines and dancing. And Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for the Lord has triumphed gloriously. Horse and rider have been thrown into the sea. And they sung and danced and danced and sung with Miriam in leadership. This song of Miriam is known as the Song of the Sea. And Douglas Duckett, a fellow Knox member who's also quite a scholar on the Jewish scriptures, shared with me that in Hebrew, Miriam's song is called Mi Kamoka, meaning, who is like you, addressed to God. God, who is like you that could do this amazing thing? And this song is considered so important to our Jewish brothers and sisters that for Douglas, every synagogue he has gone to for worship, both here and in other countries, they always sing Miriam's song on regular Sabbaths and on holidays. Miriam, our faith ancestor, is indeed a prominent figure in our faith. Miriam's name becomes the most common woman's name in the world that produced our Christian scriptures, the New Testament. All the Marys in the New Testament, which are about six or seven, depending on how you read, they are all Miriams. The Greek and Aramaic version of Miriam is Marian, and the Latin 
Mary. Of the other Abrahamic faiths, our Jewish and Muslim brothers and sisters, also called people of the book, like we are, for they too have sacred scriptures. There are several Miriams in Jewish literature, and in the Quran, there's an entire chapter devoted to her. In the next two Sundays following this one, together we'll look at two of Miriam's namesakes from the Christian scriptures, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Mary Magdalene. And together we'll explore their vital and prominent role in our salvation history and in God's ongoing work of liberating us and all creation from anything that keeps us in bondage. And we will learn through these important women of God how to carry out our own discipleship. We heard in our gospel today that Jesus, having been baptized, having just come out of 40 days of wilderness testing, is now equipped with the Spirit to begin his public ministry. He is a descendant of his faith ancestor Miriam, who so boldly began her work at 10 years old. And Jesus, filled with that same Spirit of God, walks to his hometown, into the synagogue, is given a scroll from another prophet, Isaiah. And this is how he begins his public ministry. He opens the scroll and stands up and reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the synagogue attendant, and sat down. Everyone was looking at him, and he said, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Friends, who knows that if we fear God, meaning if we honor and if we trust God with our whole lives, what God might set into motion through each and every single one of us if we say, Here I am, God. Send me. Jesus does send us out as his disciples to keep on carrying the good news of God's liberation work. Did Miriam know at 10 what she would set in motion by being available to God? Each one of us has God-given gifts that only you and you and you and me, only we can live out in this world. If we don't live out our gifts and our calledness by God, no one will. And I've said before, God will never force God's self upon us, but we'll wait till we invite God in. But God will always find a way to get invited. So friends, know that you are called, equipped, ordained. And may we fear God, meaning trust God, with every area of our lives that we too might be God's liberation agents. Thanks be to God. Amen.